It's time for another episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. I'm Kevin Walker. Normally, Mike Mickle and I are in the same room together, often at Caddy Sports Bar in Bettendorf, but today we are socially distancing ourselves. I'm at home with my family in Bettendorf, and Mike is with our guest for this week, uh, weekend reporter and anchor Eric Zisich. Eric's a new dad, so we're going to talk to him, and Mike is going to do the entire podcast interview from WHBF in Rock Island. So enjoy this episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. I am your host, Mike Mickle, and Kevin Walker is not with me today. He's spending some time at home with his lovely family as we all try to distance ourselves socially during this COVID emergency. But I am standing a safe, or at least sitting a safe distance away from a guy that you probably see on TV on a regular basis. His name is Eric Zizich, and he is the weekend anchor at Local 4 and Fox 18. Hi, Eric. Hey, Mike. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. And, you know, you've had an exciting couple of months. You knew that you were going to be a daddy, but uh, that beautiful baby girl of yours decided to arrive a little bit early. Yeah, I came a little bit early. And it's funny because you think that you've got all your ducks in a row and, okay, you've got all this stuff in the house planned and you've got everything set up and, oh, we'll be weeks ready beforehand. Uh, But, of course, that's just not how it works out most of the time, right? Um, we were a month early, almost to the day, actually. Um, this is pretty fun that we're recording this today because uh, this would have been Gracie's due date. Oh, so. my goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> but it uh, feels like a long time ago that uh, we were in the emergency room. Um, yeah, I guess I could jump right in then and just kind of share a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Please tell us about that day. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, we came in um, now earlier in the morning, Elizabeth, um, she had had some swelling, um, maybe a little bit more she thought than normal. And so she went in and the doctor felt like, oh, it should be fine. Why don't you come in later in the evening and get yourself rechecked and uh, we'll you know, test your blood pressure again. Well, at that point, it had spiked within several hours. She was actually had gone to work. Um, and then at around five o'clock, we both went in and just getting blood tests. And even though the morning, you know, the doctor wanted us to come back in at the same time, we just thought it was normal stuff, right? Just being extra careful. So we got the feet kicked up and we're planning our dinner and, you know, a little date for later on. And then all of a sudden I can kind of tell that the nurses are feeling a little shifty. And um, they had come in and said that her blood pressure is extremely high. And after further tests, it was confirmed that she had preeclampsia. And um, at that point, our heads were spinning because they had said, there's a good chance that you're going to have your baby within several hours. And I think at first it it took quite a while for all that to sink in. But all of a sudden, things started moving. Um, Her blood pressure was up over 200, and which is dangerous levels. I mean, that's very dangerous. Risk of seizures and... You know, in a very short time, they gave us the crash course, Mike, of um, what the risks are when your blood pressure is that high and um, and not only damage to the mother and seizures and that kind of thing, but also to the baby as well. And so um, all of a sudden, the first child is unnerving anyway. Yes. So to and and preeclampsia is frightening if it's your second or third child. But to have all this happening with the birth of your first and it being a month early, what was going through your mind at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I'll be honest with you, there was a little bit of excitement and uh, plenty of adrenaline just because 
to think that the baby could be coming soon. But I think more than anything, um, there was some fear and some anxiousness because uh, before she was stabilized, um, for her to have a seizure, I mean, that's serious stuff, obviously. And and so more than anything, um, I mean, I was just thinking and praying that, man, I, I, please just, just don't let her get to that point. You know, I, I know her blood pressure is is extremely high uh, but if we can just stabilize her and so just that anxiousness and and plenty of adrenaline um it was unlike anything i've ever experienced mike it was um it was a wild night that's for I'm, sure i'm sure mom and baby are fine though now yes they are um after that it's probably about 5 five thirty that we came in and um within a few hours we were uh she was being induced for labor and then all of a sudden, uh, just from all the stress of everything, and um, our baby was already in the lower percentile in terms of weight and everything else. So it was just a lot of stress on her to try to speed everything up. And so her heart rate was fluctuating. So ultimately, a C-section was the best decision. And so um, eight hours later from when we came in at 2.15 a.m., uh, little Grace Elaine Zizich was born. And uh, boy, she's a beautiful little thing. And she was in the NICU for a week, which was kind of the best case scenario from what we heard. And um, on oxygen for a few days. But um, yeah, within yeah a few days, she started to get better and better. Um, has been eating really well since she came home and has been gaining about an ounce a day, which everyone says that's the, that's the goal. Um, I wish I was only gaining an ounce a day. <laughs> what are those days like? Hey, you know, for your dads that are out there listening right now, many of you can remember holding your first child, your second child, my case, even my third child, and um, how incredible that feeling is. Uh, it probably won't surprise you that even though you can't see him right now, he is grinning ear to ear when he talks about his baby girl. And so uh, I think that's that's very natural and so tell me what it's like now now with three now gracie's already shown you that you know she's she's in charge she decided when she was <laughs> arriving and it's pretty much going to be that way for the next 18 to 22 years so just when you think that you have a plan that plan's going to be interrupted on yeah. a regular basis yeah i saw that full well and uh, one of the interesting things uh that it seems like most people parents that we've talked to um, is that the baby since the, during those nine months they're used to being up during the night for whatever reason and then they seem to sleep during the day that continues into um, having her and so at midnight 3 a.m. those are the feedings that tend to be uh, the most difficult and so she'll be yelling and actually we have tenants that live downstairs and so I'm always nervous I actually talked to him the other day and he said he doesn't really hear anything which Help me because, you know, I'm just like, oh, my goodness, stop crying. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> um, yeah, she'll have uh, she'll have some fits, but um, she's been pretty easy. We've actually had to wake her up most of the time uh, to feed her every three hours. And especially with um, um, a baby that's premature, that's usually common to have to feed them every three hours for several months. And uh, but, boy, she has been uh, such a joy. And I can see the personality starting to to kind of crop up and. Um, I'll be honest, Mike, if I'm not helping out with changing her, helping to feed her or anything like that, um, I'm just staring at her. She just lays across my chest and, um, and I just gaze at her. <laughs> I completely understand, you know, and in this crazy world that we're in right now with COVID, um, I guess I can say you never stop being a dad. And we were in Florida when things really started to amp up, going to see our oldest, Kyle, who's now working mm -hmm. down there. 
And there was something about getting on that plane with two of my children and leaving one down there to work that was unbelievably difficult for me. He's six foot four and 210 pounds. A strong young man, he can take care of himself. You just never stop being a dad. So then, uh, lo and behold, the Tampa Bay Rays decided everybody could work from home. And Kyle uh, picked up the phone and called and said, Dad, do you mind if I fly back to Iowa? I, I couldn't believe that was even a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, please fly back to Iowa. Let's get you back here. So just, you know, um, it takes me back to those days when they were so little and they really, I felt like, really needed us. But, you know, even at 22, 20, and 17, mm-hmm. we still get those phone calls every now and then where mom and dad need to weigh in on stuff. And so you're in for a great journey. We're going to talk more about that in just a second. But right now, you're listening to the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. Let's take a quick break. It's the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. I'm Kevin Walker. We'll return uh, to Eric and Mike in just a second. I want to remind you that we are online at journeytodad.com. We're also on Facebook at Journey from Dude to Dad and on Instagram at Journey to Dad. So join us on social, follow, like, share, and then also go to iTunes or your favorite location that you listen to podcasts and rate us. Five stars, we would appreciate it. You can also leave a comment as well. Tell us what you love about the journey from dude to dad. If you'd like to be a future guest on the podcast, you can email me at kevin at micklecommunications.com for an upcoming episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. Let's return now uh, to Mike Mickle and our guest this week, Eric Zisich from KLJB Fox 18 and WHBF TV4. And welcome back to the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. I am your host, Mike Mickle. And I am sitting here with the local four Fox 18 weekend anchor, Eric Zissage. But more importantly, he is a brand new daddy and he is beaming, let me tell you. We were just talking about the unexpected early delivery and what things are like now with those every three hours. Um, being the bright one that I am, we just got the kids old enough that they don't need us all the time. And so we decided we need a puppy. So we're up every three hours at night, too. Uh, for various <laughs> Cycle reasons. starts all over again it for does. the Mickle family. And I realize how old I really am now. So I'm, uh, I'm constantly tired. <laughs> so going through this, Elizabeth's healing well. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. Yeah, she's um, doing fantastic. It took about a week for her uh, blood pressure to stabilize. Um, But yeah, we've learned a lot about the condition. And um, I think one of the interesting things is 10% of mothers get it. Um, That's a rough estimate. And it could be anyone. And um, there are certain things that you can see that um, pop up, whether it's swelling or uh, things from high blood pressure, but really it could happen to anyone. And so um, but we've been really grateful for how she's she's healed well and um, she's feeling a lot better. I think one of the hard things about this time, and you talked about this uh, just being a strange time and um, the fact that normally you'd have people come over and see right. the baby and more importantly spend time with the mother. And I think for Elizabeth, one of the challenging things is just the isolating part of all of this, not just going through, obviously, as everyone else is, but also um, doing it. Um, in as being a new mother, and um, already that can be a challenging time, you know, sure. needing community, and so I think this being a unique time, um, we wish that uh, it wasn't during kind of these months, just because um, it would be amazing to have more people come over. But whether it's her family or um, just friends and even uh, people in our church that we didn't even know came over and brought meals. I mean, just phenomenal 
um, support. And I, th- I think that once you join uh, sort of the, um, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, uh, the fraternity sorority of motherhood and fatherhood, you, you understand um, what you go through, right? And um, I think it's very clear that parents just want to support and love on other parents, you know? And Absolutely. Um, I think watching the way people have cared for us just makes me want to be part of that, you know, and to bring meals in the future and to be gracious to people, be generous, um, because it's just such a wild time, especially with your first. And um, we definitely want to be in that um, uh, uh, sort of um, group that just serves people. Um, well, look at what we're seeing in our community. And, you know, you're on the front lines of that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're part of the population. You know, you've got the police, the fire, the medics, the healthcare workers that are out there on the front lines of this trying to help mm-hmm. the people that need to be helped. But we're seeing the stories. And we're part of that group that can't turn off the TV when the coverage becomes too much for us. We're out there doing these stories on a daily basis. But part of what we're seeing is the kindness of the people who call Quad Cities home and how they're looking out for each other during this very difficult time. So I think that we have to, you know, pay tribute and say thank you to the Quad Cities in general just because of who our neighbors are. It's a a wonderful place to raise a family. And I told you that when you had told me that you guys were expecting, um, you know, that that's the reason Karen and I stayed here is because we knew that, you know, the kids would have a great childhood and they did, you know, and the, Mm -hmm. and those friends they made in local schools still come back now after college, during college, and still hang out with us. And it's just, it's an incredible feeling. So knowing that you don't have family here in the Quad Cities, it's great to hear that people are taking you in like you are family and um, and treating you as such. Mm-hmm. And a great work family too. Um, you know, that's one of the things I appreciate about you creating it. It's not just you doing a podcast and talking about family as an abstract concept, uh, but just the way that you love your kids. I mean, one of the things I'm going to comment about um, in the last segment was for your son to want to come back home. I'd imagine <laughs> that there's some sons that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, eager to hop on a plane and, and get back. Uh, but it just is a testament to the way that um, you've loved your kids so well and that they have that special relationship. And if my kids love me half them as much as your kids love you, Mike, I think I'm going to be okay. Um, and then, yeah, the way you bring that um, that heart of family um, into into our work. I mean, the the, the way that you um, just really gave me flexibility as as I came back. I mean, that's the type of person that is running this this podcast, yeah. and I, I think you certainly act that out and not not just talk about it. Thank you very much. Uh, I I would say the blessings are all mine. I've got some wonderful people in my world, and uh, feel fortunate to have them. Uh, those three kids, and that's why we do the podcast. And I wish Kevin was here too to weigh in. Kevin has two daughters, and um, we talk about how becoming dads really changed our lives for the better. And we want to prepare others for that too, because it can be an overwhelming. It can sometimes be a frightening time, but I would say that it will also be the would hands down the best journey that you will ever take. And so uh, congratulations for starting that journey now. And, you know, people were already asking us when uh, Kyle was a few months old, when are you going to have number two? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's always the next step. (laughs) Exactly. What are you waiting for? Yes. It'll, It'll come. Have you guys talked about how many you want? Um, I think three or four would be a good sweet spot, but we'll see you know, when the time comes. I think she's excited about more kids. I am too. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's definitely not the type of thing that uh, you just kind of take lightly and just because going through the grind of even a month, it's tough. Oh. Um, I mean, I have never gone through so many days of no sleep, but yet you see this beautiful child, and, and right. um, it just blows you away and changes your world. And so I think that would be a, a good little number. Well, I wanted six. Karen said two. We ended up with three. <laughs> I really lobbied for a fourth, and she said, absolutely no, my womb is closed. So, you know, and after I got to know Matthew Mickle, I thought, you know, she's a really smart woman because he, he was kind of like having septuplets. He was just all over the place when he was young. He's still all over the place, but I, I can't imagine life without Matt. So yeah. uh, it, it's just a great thing. So for the dudes that are out there right now that are about to become dads, impart some wisdom. What advice do you have for them? Um, just think through your um, your partner's needs as much as you can, and um, I mean, I think try to think uh, the big picture and what can you do to set yourself up. Um, whether it's your your house making it uh, friendly for a child coming, how can I make sure that the nursery is ready? And I would say too, I thought, oh man, I'll be done two weeks ahead of time, everything will be um, all good. But um, all of a sudden, again, a month early, just almost think in your head uh, contingency plan well what if you know your little baby came a month early how would you be looking um, luckily for us we had family that just came and organized everything and stepped up in such an amazing way um, but how can you set yourself up to be even two months before the baby comes mm -hmm. to where you're all set up um, nursery crib uh, bassinet you kind of know where everything's going you have a plan and I mean you know but at the same time um, understand that as we talked about you're going to have a plan and it's just going to get thrown on its head and um but i would say more than anything be ready to to care for your partner um men you know if, if you're married um how can i love my wife well and i think if you have that attitude then everything's going to fall into place i really do the emotions for the dad are strong but we have to remember that our wives have gone through physical changes, hormonal changes, and, you know, they've helped create this life, too. And it's uh, um, it's an overwhelming feeling for them as well. And so there can be some ups and downs with the emotions. And you've just got to be there to be the rock and to uh, let them know that you love them and, uh, and do what they need, too. So uh, very exactly. well said. Very well said. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll be really glad when this COVID thing is behind us because... Uh, there's a baby I want to hold. <laughs> I haven't got to meet her yet. That seems so unfair. I know. We had plans for you to be holding Gracie a lot sooner. Or Uncle Mike, come on. <laughs> That's not fair. But the time will come. And right now, we're going to just make sure that everybody is staying safe. Everybody is staying well. And, you know, I can't close this podcast without saying take care of yourself. Love those around you. And uh, remember, at this time, it's okay to not be okay. But you're not alone. We're all in this together. This is another episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. Thanks for listening today. Mike and I will be back together, hopefully in the same location with another podcast episode very soon. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast or know a dad that should be featured here on the podcast, please let us know. Email me at kevin at micklecommunications.com and please join us on all social media channels and on our website, journeytodad.com. <laughs>